So my good friend Andy Kurtz and I decided to do a packaging design podcast. Now it's different than other packaging podcasts that you hear because it's not specifically focused on the box it comes in, but all aspects and nuances of the packaging. We will discuss in every way that we can think of that best describes our experience with it, what we think is working or where things could have been improved. We will also talk about what is involved with owning a small firm and running the everyday ins and outs. And to let you in on a little secret, we really love what we fucking do. Kirk Faisola is the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, a full-service CPG branding and packaging design agency. And Andy Kurtz is the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative, an agency that focuses on packaging and branding design for the specialty food and beverage space. Together, we are Kirk and Kurtz. This is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. Kirk and Kurtz number 19. The wise brand builds its foundation on a rock. I am Kirk Faisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Last week I did that. I was like, what the actual fuck? It's <laughs> uh, perfect. I loved it. I'm Kirk Faisola. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font. And I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, I couldn't believe that when, when we recorded Brandon and and you said, and I'm Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Mind the Font. I'm like, why did you say that? I'm like, oh shit, I mixed them up. But yeah, anyway, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Just uh just spring has sprung here in North Carolina. So uh it's it's like we we oscillate between beautiful perfect weather sitting on the porch and um like absolute misery from allergies so oh. you know it's just this little balance and then and then you throw in COVID and it's like i might have allergies or i might have COVID. who knows <laughs> Point flip. Uh, yeah <laughs> does it get pretty muggy there too oh it's totally muggy yeah it yeah. yes it gets very muggy here. It's right now it's not too bad, but um, we're having this like weird day where it like gets colder during the day. Yeah, you know, normally it like warms yeah. up during the day. Yeah. But today it, it started sort of um, muggy and humid. And, and as the day has progressed, it's, it's sort of rainy and then it goes into like, but it's, it's like a five degree swing. So it goes from like 60 something to like 65 to 60. So it's not that bad. But, um, but it just still feels like, I don't know, like I was all dressed for warmth or, you know, warm weather. And then I wandered out earlier today and I was like, Ooh, it's cold. So I put on my little, my little shirt here. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. You know, you're always, yeah. always ready to adapt. It was exactly because today, speaking of weather in San Leandro <laughs> is supposed to get to 95. And Ooh. so our house does not have, um, air conditioning. Right. So yeah. And it gets warm, like super warm. And so I was like thinking, fuck, I got to find our little air conditioning units, which I haven't turned on in Lord knows how long. And then set up, every, yeah, set up everything in the house. And when you turn it on, it's just like blowing out all these dust particles, which yeah. adds to the idea of it being spring and everything else. But tomorrow I'm supposed to go back to 60. I'm like, oh. what the actual fuck? Like, yeah. How do you have a 35 degree jump? Well, that's. In- that's North Carolina. That's that's like springtime in North Carolina. We will go from like 71 day 
to 40 the next day. Wow. And it's just, it's just the, these wild swings. While, um, and I mean, obviously climate change has done something around that, but it also is just, I think it's just spring in the South or the, yeah. you know, the mid Atlantic South. Um, it just, yeah, there's just these crazy, yeah. Like we have a, um, think sometime this weekend it's going to get down to 34 Jeez. like at night um right. so so yeah but yeah like during the day it'll be like 70 something and then it'll go woo, 34 that's insane <laughs> man that's crazy yeah it's yeah. just it's like the desert almost you know where it's blistering yeah. hot and it gets super cold at yeah. night yeah anyway, anyway yeah so hey happy happy weather this has been your meteorologist report <laughs> with andy and kirk <laughs> <laughs> you know what I, I loved i loved um old school uh weather channel where they would play the terrible jazz um and do like your weather report like back for um for those that don't know the weather channel used to play weather and um and they would do like maybe little like segments like weather on the tins or whatever but like they didn't have Jim Cantori or any of those personalities. It was just weather. And like during the, 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 the 50 minutes that they weren't like doing live stuff, it was just a, like, you know, like a, a, a radar of your area, you yeah. know, whatever clouds and stuff yeah. and terrible, terrible jazz, oh. like M Muzak jazz. <laughs> There's your Doppler, radi Doppler radar weather report you know yeah yeah it's it's so yeah, you know as, as as much as stuff has progressed speaking of doppler radar and weather reports and this is the packaging and design podcast the design <laughs> on that fucker has not changed significantly right like it's almost yep. like this yep. weird thermography reading of mm -hmm. insulated mm -hmm. you know movements and wind patterns and and reds and yellows and greens and shit and i'm thinking like what the actual fuck like why can't you make that look better like why hasn't the technology caught up? You've been doing this literally for the last 40 years. Yeah. Like, it, why hasn't it caught up? It makes me think of the maps that are used in, like, um, like during 1980s war movies or, like, the, um, yeah, like, it's just, they're just, like, these crazy pixelated things. Yeah, like, that. that is interesting that that really has not yeah. met the the moment of design um with with everything else changing and all the trends and everything there that's a that's an untapped market there <laughs> yeah man like why can't they you have you know 3d sonograms of children in, in the womb but you can't show us yeah. how the wind patterns and heat patterns are working on a on a fucking weather report come on yeah, it still still looks like it's from the 70s <laughs> <laughs> the best all right so so today we're going to talk about something that is <laughs> is very near and dear to any designer's heart or it should be in in regards to building any brand and that is having a strong foundation or a strong brand strategy from which to build on and Andy and I were talking about this and a lot of times when people will start working on something or working on a brand strategy or their product that they don't know where they're going or they don't keep up with current trends and they don't think about how their mission and their voice and everything, their story really ties into their brand. And mm -hmm. that's one of the things that we, we wanted to talk about today because we both have some stories about 
about brands that need it, brands that don't know they need it, and brands that are really into it. And there's a couple that I really, I really want to talk about as far as like who are doing it right, I think, who are doing it really well. And then there's some that aren't uh, up to par or to suit, so to speak. So, um, and as you know, too, real quick, Andy, I don't know if I can mention this, but Andy is a mentor for SKU, SKU. It's a mentorship program, and he's one of the mentors there, and he is helping folks with their design, and and now he's helping them, some of the people with brand strategy, and, and there was a particular group or company that you were helping, right, Andy, that you wanted to, that you can touch base on or talk about in regards to this? Yeah, we're, we're currently helping them, and, you know, the way that SKU works is it's a whole, like, 11, 12 week long accelerator program. And so you go through all everything to get you ready for basically a relaunch. And so, um, you know, in addition to figuring out HR, uh, operations, the co-packing and co-man and all that kind of stuff, there is a section that's early in the, the, the track that is around brown foundation and and building that and there's also packaging design um, or a packaging uh, class as well so you know what, what the brand that we're working on right now in the atlanta skew atlanta um, cohort they're called no bull burger and they're out of charlottesville virginia and they have an amazing story it's a mother and a daughter um, and they make amazing plant burgers that are literally just plants. They're not lab grown, they're chef inspired, and they're really the counter to a lot of the very trendy lab-based plant, air quotes, plant-based products that are out there. And that's really their differentiator. And, um, and so what we're trying to help them do is articulate that. They've been out for a while. And so they've really somewhat established themselves. They're launching, they've been in Whole Foods for a while, like regionally. And so they've, they have notoriety, they're out there, and, but they still need help with articulating their mission, vision, strategy, foundation, because the plant-based landscape that they launched in is so different now right and so we're just sort of helping and luckily like i'm i'm the visual person sort of helping shepherd them they have rock stars on their team that have worked for or work for like spindrift and uh dry soda right. vital farms you know like there's they've got rock stars on their team that do the very analytical marketing data stuff mm -hmm. um and, and they're helping them really like go through the like the very um, like textbook marketing work, you know, where they like they like build these models and they do these surveys and stuff. So it's very informed. That's what's also really cool is that the data we're gathering and, and, and what's informing our decisions aren't just like, well, this is what we've always done or this is our gut feeling. It's like, right. no, like the marketplace has confirmed these assumptions or these what we've sort of thought so um and then what that what's that going to do well that's going to tell them where they should advertise what what 
pro what stores they should go into or right. start to try to go into, what uh, audiences they're talking to, uh, what's their tone, what's their messaging, how what how does that impact their packaging? I mean, the the brown the brown the brand foundation will inform everything that yes. you do, and that's why it's so important, and that's why. And, and that's why you want to make sure you've done it right when yes. you can. Like I get that a lot of people don't have a good chunk of change. Yeah. Right. Right. Like I no, just, I just, I just got a, um, I got a quote for, um, for a marketing person to help with this very thing on a project. Yeah. And for everything that she was going to do, it was going to be 30 K, which I thought was honestly, a, it was, that's, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. But I also was like, that's not bad to get, you know, get all your ducks in a row. And basically that's, what's going to carry you through, you know, an informed launch that, you know, it's going to have, you know, your name and she was going to obviously like help with naming and all this kind of stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, so it's, it's worth that investment. I think, um, yeah, if you can do it. Yeah. And it's, it's worth being with someone who actually knows what they're doing and, and yes, Skew seems to do that and you know what you're doing and then having the conversation with them. And I was looking at their their, their packaging, it's it's not bad, but I do think it, it does it does need to fit more of a bill in regards to what everybody else is doing out there, but not copying, but also just kind of even being more proud about the fact that they're not using fillers and it's actual, yeah actual vegetables and not coconut oils and stuff like that either you know michelle simon who um who i've had on the, my podcast jerks and she is a plant-based food advocate and is always talking about mm -hmm. something she's coined plant washing where mm. people say oh we're plant-based and we're vegan because we don't use animal products but they use all kinds of other shit in it right yeah like, all kinds of of fillers and everything else oh, it's not plant-based but it's yeah it's also not the healthiest thing you can do either i mean i'm sure beyond or impossible chicken nuggets are really good but are they good for you are they any better than the fried mcnuggets that you have so i don't know but the one thing that no bull introduces is the actual product itself like it has lentils and mushrooms and garlic and carrots and spinach and and caramelized onion and roasted eggplant all these other things in it it's like yeah they actually went for it and had someone really formulate their pro the the food and stuff like that so i think that a an actual packaging because there's so much potential for this a packaging or even a branding developed for their foundation would really make a huge difference yeah um, so so that's what they're you know, we're sort of, you know, going through the, the steps with them to do, um, do surveys and, and help guide them and articulate and really, um, you know, figure out what they're, they're not going to rename, they're not going to do anything too drastic, but they mm -hmm. are, they, they do, obviously everyone wants to grow. So as you get into more and more stores, you have to think about what that landscape you're going to start to get plugged into. So like right. what worked in your local co-ops packaging wise, isn't going to work on a national stage because you're up against Dr. Prager's and Hillary's and, um, Amy's. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so what, 
so that's that's what I'm doing right now. It's just sort of look auditing, you know, the their um, visually their competition mm -hmm. and look for opportunities, um, and then sort of overlay that with their what sort of brand elements we can um, pull over. So yeah, no, I'm it's it'll be really fun to to sort of see them evolve and um, but yeah, like I said, they're they're lucky to have such a a, a robust team behind them, but you don't necessarily need a robust team behind you to develop this Brown foundation. There are plenty right. of books out there that you can follow and it's inside you. You just need a framework. That's yeah. really what founders need is a framework to follow, to then articulate what, what their product is. And, and, um, and yeah, you need some external validation, you know, where, whether you do that through email surveys or, literally going to the store and talking to people um or, or talking to your fans or whatever if you if you've been selling stuff for a while but as designers that's going to be one of the first things we ask is okay well can you send over your your brand documents to us right. so we can sort of get a feel for it and sort of understand what your tone yes and your, your your message is and and all that because you know if if your product exudes like a happy fun bright feeling right but your but your packaging is like death metal there's <laughs> there's there's a disconnect there that i right. think people might be confused about and therefore yeah. they might not buy you <laughs> or they might right. not buy you again <clears throat> no and that's, that's that's dude branding versus rebranding too right so mm -hmm. e even if you're rebranding you still need to think about especially if you're rebranding, think about what is necessary to make your brand evolve. Like what is necessary to do that and, and figuring out all the ins and outs like you were just talking about. But I think a lot of times clients don't have a clear vision of what they want and what they, mm -hmm. what they stand for. And then they say, well, what do you think? It's like, there's no way that I yeah. would know your brand better than you. Right. So here are some things that you can do. Here are some questions you can ask yourself. Here are some different, uh, you know, materials and source materials for you to gather and look at and figure out like what you were saying. But I think that a lot of the time it's just, they're so busy with making the product and wanting to sell something that they don't really don't think about why they're making the product and who would be attracted to it. And what is the story behind the product and everything else, because that so many times so often is so much better and more informed and, and, enjoyable than the actual product itself right like the story behind it and there's a couple yep. brands i want to get into in a little bit yep. but i also have a story about as far as branding goes and yeah and how things pivoted on me so i'm working on a, a branding project with a client slash friend good dude and he comes to me and says hey i want to do this i'm like all right cool well here's my rate he's like all right great we start working on it and in the middle of it, he changes the name like, and then, mind you, this is after like, I've already done concepts and I haven't presented anything yet, but done some concepts and thought about it and really was working out how I'm going to explain and sell these concepts to him and into him to let him know this is the thought process behind it. Pivots, change the name. All right, cool. So then we get this section done. I go through, design the work, make the presentation present the presentation and he says oh these are great let me talk to my wife and get back to you which anybody <laughs> who's listening to this anytime you hear that that's a bad sign 
mm-hmm. I have to show my kid, show my wife, um, I have to show my friends. Um, that, that's that's usually like, a bad a bad a bad sign. So he gets back to me. Why were they not on that initial call where we discussed <laughs> the direction? If they're that important that they're going to derail it at this point, they should have been included on day one. Yeah, that's damn. That's so good. I have to remember that. Um, but yeah, like why weren't they involved earlier before you went down this rabbit hole of of a bad idea you you claim now? So when he gets looking at it and he gets back to me, hey. I have an idea. Let's make it into this specific element, and I and I'm thinking, okay, all right. Let I'm just gonna. I just, I just want to get done with this. And that's the point now. I'm like, I just want to get done, and that's a shitty place to be as a designer, and it's not very good if you're, especially if you know somebody and and you feel it. But like, I was just like, okay, let's just get it done. So I start working up ideas for this other thing, and then he emails me or texts me and says, hey, I had a really good idea for the logo. Let me run it by you. And at this point, I'm just, I just say, no, we're not going to do that. Um, and we haven't talked about it because something else came up when we're working on another project. But that just goes into the whole brand foundation. Like, what's your foundation? Mm-hmm. What's your strategy? What is it? Like, if you can't even really nail down your name, how are you supposed to nail down exactly what you're going to do or what you stand for? Even if you can say, it, like, what is the voice for that? How is it represented? What are the attributes of it and everything else that goes into it because if you start going down this rabbit hole of oh i like this like this and you keep changing shit you're not going to have you're going to have some weird frankenstein bullshit like anytime you work on packaging for someone and they say oh can we change this can we change this add this and they start art directing that's where things go to the you know go downhill very quickly and um that was just something i was thinking like god damn and we haven't talked about it but it totally tied into this thought of of not knowing your brand strategy and not knowing your foundation for your brand if you're changing everything up in the middle of it so yeah. those are shit examples of stuff but. and and um it's funny it's a emotion you know starting starting a brand starting a company especially one that's tethered to like the founder is an emotional endeavor yes but then at some point it transitions to uh something that is a bit more um in science-based non-emotional because you have to now like produce this product and uh and then you know you go through all the legal you know uh hurdles and everything yep and then you know ideally you go through this very um scientific marketing work of building your foundation and articulating it and and documenting it all and so in the end, what it gives you and, and gives your designers and, and other folks, creative folks you work with is an objective uh, baseline benchmark to measure the creative work against. And for, for a founder, that would sort of help me, especially if I did the right work from the get-go and I feel good about it and I, you know, I got all the input that I needed then that document that comes out of that, you should have full trust in. Therefore, when you go to Kirk and you're like, hey, this is what I want designed. Here's my brand doc. This gives you uh, the aesthetic, the tone, the mood of our brand. Um, It should then Kirk designs per that brief, per that document. 
and brings it back. And for some reason, you know, it might include some elements that you as the founder personally don't like, but you have that document to measure against and say, well, I don't mind, I might not like that font or that, that looks a little too abrasive to me, but, oh, you know, I forgot our brand is abrasive. It's like, it's very bold and it's aggressive. And so that's right. Yeah. And I'm like way oversimplifying, but it does, it should take some of that guesswork out of, and, and then that's going to take the guesswork out of, like I mentioned, like where they're going to advertise, where they're going to spend all that money monthly in online ads, what stores, what regions they're going to go to, because right. that's where their, their audience is focused in. So I don't know, just, it seems like it would pay dividends. If you do it right from the gate, it would pay dividends once you get out there and your your product starts getting traction. Yeah, and, and the, the, the objective thing you said, how making something subjective as design and art objective mm -hmm. by really leaning heavily into what your goal is and what you're hoping to accomplish from the voice and from the mission and from the overall arching idea of the brand. I love that because that we're, the, we're like seriously the only like one of the only professions where people will second guess what we've done or try to art direct or whatever, because you don't go into a restaurant and order a steak. I'm like, yes, I want the steak. And then you're eating the steak. And then about three or four bites in, you're like, you know what? I don't want this steak. I want a lamb. Well, okay, cool. Well, we'll charge you for the steak. And now we're going to charge you for the yeah. lamb. It's <laughs> like, you can't, you can't change the foundation of your, of, of your meal and then expect something totally different so you can't you can't change the foundation without paying for it right so you can't change the foundation of your brand and totally pivot and do something different without having to pay for it or start over and that's that's kind of the, the thing here but the other thing too is it's you're not ever like you wouldn't go to a restaurant and say you know can you tell the chef to put a little a little more tarragon and thyme right on on that on that on those potatoes maybe just a touch of rosemary but it's like no they're gonna be like what are we talking about this is how we cook it or whatever um you choose between rare and you know well done yeah. like that's your that's your art direction for your yes. meal that's yes. it maybe you get to choose a side you know here's all our sides that you can yeah. choose from you can choose from <laughs> oh you want to swap out a, a, a you know you a different dressing yeah you can do that yeah that's cool but yeah, yeah that's what yeah, that's, that's funny, the man. extent you can't tweak the recipe. <laughs> yeah, right. I think too, also, you, you you need to know that the foundation on which you build your brand, you need to stand by it and be happy of it and be proud of it. And there's yeah. two brands that I want to touch base on that I really think do that really well. And they lean into their their quirkiness and lean into their product. Is One is Liquid Death, of course. Oh, um, yeah. And really good marketing. I mean, yeah for me it's like okay cool it's water so it's really hard to sell water but the mm -hmm. idea of death to plastic mm -hmm. you know and, and things like that so liquid water in cans like okay cool and the other brand that i really love is called midday squares yeah um and midday squares the way that they the way that they're doing things is that they're just going full throttle and having fun but it's all having fun with strategy behind it like yeah. you, you see and jake jake is like the 
the main dude of it, right? Jake Carlson. I've met Jake. I met him at Expo West and met the, the Midday Squares crew. Really sweet kid. Really sweet kid. Um, well, kid. Man. Um, and we had a genuine conversation. He's like, oh, hey, you've been posting. I really appreciate the love, yada, yada. He's a really nice guy. But if you go back and look at like their Instagram, look at all their history, they, they document everything. And they're just open and transparent yeah. about everything. Yeah. The, the, the real thing that made me latch on to them when, when they were, had to do the redesign for, for their product because... Hershey was mm-hmm. coming after them for Reese's and like, that's our color orange and you can't use it. Like, all right, cool. So they redid everything and they're redesigning and they're going through like these frustrations and, and getting in arguments and talking about shit and figuring out deadlines and, and everything else. And it's like, that's real. That's what people want to see. That's, but that's what they're all about. They're all about being real. They're all about like being genuine and authentic and, and it's 100% authentic whenever you see them in front of the, in front of the camera whenever you see them in the store whenever you see their product it's like everything there is genuine and that's what's really attractive to me is not everything's perfect they're not always yeah. crushing it they'll they'll put their successes and they'll put their failures because that's life that's real life and that makes me feel like I want want to buy their product I want to see them win I want to see them succeed yeah. just because just because they seem like good people and they're open about everything. They're not trying to do some shady shit and make their numbers look different. They're not hiding things. They're just open about everything. And I think that they really do a good job with that. And and the entire marketing aspect of stuff is great. Their, their packaging and branding is good. It's not like, oh my gosh, this is great. But they know, they know exactly yeah. who they are. They know who they are and they know what they do really well. And which what they do well is they have a good product the peanut butter squares are fucking insane, dude. Like, yeah, I tried them at Expo and I was like, all right, I'll have one. And uh, I took a bite and initially the bite's like, okay, I taste it. It's not too sweet. But then the flavor kicks in because there's not a lot of sugar mm-hmm. in their stuff and there's a ton of protein. So like having two squares is basically like having a, a protein shake. You know, there's like 20 grams of protein or something crazy like that between them and, and they're you know, two by two squares, yeah. super good. And I was like, holy shit, I see what the hype's about now. So fucking good. Um, but everything about it just screams like, we know who we are. We know our foundation. This is what we're doing. We're doing chocolate and we're doing it in a different way. We're doing it in a way that's going to be fun and much healthier alternative than just slapping sugar at you. Um, so that's I, those are the two companies, yeah. Do you have anyone that yeah. you can think of? Or? No, no, I just, I echo both of those Um 100%. And I, uh, I think what, what I get from, from the midday squares crew is just their energy and their, um, and the, just what they're doing is so infectious. You know, you just, you just can't help, but like want to participate and be along with them. And that would be my one they'll redesign very soon because yeah. they've got like a ton of fundings. Right. I think I just saw that they got a big round. Not that all of that is going to go towards, uh, you know, their uh, a redesign, but mm-hmm. what I want to see with them is their packaging reflect their, that, you know, like ha- who, and I would hate to be the design studio that's tasked with that. Take all this energy and all these characters and all this yeah. just amazing personality and now infuse it into a small 
you know, flow wrap little, you know, bar bag thing. Right. <laughs> you right. know, like that sounds terrifying. And so it's eye catching. It's very category appropriate, but I would love to see them. How you, how do you put Jake Carl's onto your, your packaging without like putting his face on there, right. you know, like the, the energy it, and like that yeah. fun loving <laughs> and you know, it, it's, it's so weird. Like I, I, uh, I, I'm almost a fanboy of his because he's like just fucking doing it. Like he's just out yeah. there and it's just, you can't help not be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like unadulterated joy seeing yeah. this dude out there just having a good time and smiling and I love and it. The thing is, and the thing is like, he's not always happy. He goes through low moments. He gets pissed. He gets mm-hmm. sad, but it's like, it's, it's all there. But for the most yeah. part, it's like, he's himself a hundred percent. And, and how do you get all of that? onto a package like what does it say like is it the type is it is it the colors yeah is it the the use of imagery on there because it's it's super cool like right now it just feels it feels very simple and it feels very um straightforward and even like their main main packaging has like a picture of them on the back and interacting but it's very straightforward and very simple and it's fun it's great it's great for what it is but it could be like so much more now um now that the brand has really solidified itself as being who they need to be. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Great examples. I was going to add one more. It doesn't, it's mm-hmm. sort of like a sub, um, a subreddit yes, <laughs> to, <okay. laughs> to your conversation, Yeah, but, um, around why we get questioned a lot and get pushed back a lot about yeah. uh, with our ideas. And I think it's because designers, as a whole don't feel like they have confidence in like a seat at the table when it comes to our work. And yes. that's one of the things I like about like, um, you know, some of the executive training or, or like um, just in general, like, uh, like the business development training within design mm-hmm. specifically, you know, I've talked about the women without pitching folks before they really they know that's a problem too they know that for some reason creatives i guess because we're an emotional bunch we don't really have the authority or we don't exude the authority that you know like a lawyer might exude you know like they just there's just they just have a presence to them because it's sort of like part of that culture that sort of like, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, sort of built into them. Whereas at art school, we didn't learn any of that or, or whatever training you had. Yeah. And so, so, you know, it takes, we have to retrain, we have to relearn how to be an equal participant in this. And so one of that is like, I, I, I yeah, I've done it many times where it's like, well, I don't like that font. And it's like, okay, well, we can change it. What, what do you, what do you like? You know, and it's like, no, I picked that font because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You know, and like, and you show up with, and that takes some, you know, it just takes confidence and really, and like, you might be the most confident person in your everyday life, but when it comes to presenting design, it, it sort of all falls apart. <laughs> so I don't know. So it's something that, and that's a whole nother conversation that is Dude. outside of brand foundation and stuff, but in yeah. strategy, but it is something that you, we, it's almost like we have to recognize that this is a, our a downfall and a thing that is a problem with a lot of design. I wouldn't say every designer, but like a lot of designers have that issue and whether it's imposter syndrome or whether it's just like, you just, 
feel like you're just a, a service provider versus like a strategy provider. Um, it's just a really mindset change that we really have to work at. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I, yeah, dude, that's that's such a great point. We could totally do a, a, an entire episode on that. But the other thing too is is we we don't charge enough to get yeah. that authority. Yeah. A Pentagram or a fucking Pearl Fisher or any of these large firms, when they attach a price tag to something that is more than like a luxury vehicle, you know, or more than a house, right? Yeah. Um, when they attach that price tag to something, whatever they do goes, whatever they do is going to stick. You're not going to question what they're doing because you're paying for it. And they have this reputation of doing great things. But here's a, here's something, that, a newsflash for, you, for all you people out there listening. Andy and I are really fucking good at what we do. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and the thing is, is that we're, we're good enough to either A, be on or above par in regards to any type of design that's out there. Just because A, we've been doing it so long, and B, we understand the market, and C, we're really good. Like that's that's the thing I try to emphasize to people. And it's so hard to to get pushback on shit. Like I'm gonna tell you a story offline after this. It just sparked my my uh, anger, for lack of a better term, in regards to to being second guessed about something. And I'm sure you know the story, but whatever, we'll talk about it. And for those who of you who are listening now, you're not going to hear about it, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, jokes, jokes, jokes. But yeah, man, I, 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 w- I actually would love to have um, Jake on the show too. I can talk him into it, I'm sure, because I know he wants. I'm, I'm talking to jerks, but I'll try to talk him on here and just have him go off and explain the design process and the brand strategy behind Midday Squares and kind of echo what we're talking about now. But yeah, and just pick his brain about. Like yeah. that from, from our perspective, that seems to be something that, and maybe he's like, maybe, you know, one, one strategy they might have is they transcend the physical packaging because they are, you know, they're, they're TikTok, they're just, their, their social right. media is so much, is their brand that, that is their really, brand. it's just the packaging is maybe just a vehicle. So yeah. lo- as long as you have like a very clear, distinct, like, um recognizable name then yeah. it really doesn't matter that it because everything else is so much bigger and and part of the and it's almost yeah it's just so yeah it could be interesting to pick his brain about that or maybe they're just like i don't know it's just the last thing we're tackling <laughs> we have so many other things that we have to figure out <laughs> right I, I think honestly i think it's i think it's more the former than the latter yeah um just just because even if you don't if you haven't even tried the product you're missing out for one but it's really good it's our our job our job as designers and i think we'll we'll end on this is to make sure that your brand's being presented in the best light possible to make the most impact in your space whether it be Mm -hmm. in shelf whether it be in the category or whatever so we have to research we have to figure things out we have to see what your brand stands for we have to actually get the voice and feel of your brand and then put it into market into a category where we see the competition and see how are you going to stand out and how are you going to be the one that people are going to pick up off the shelf? Because that's our sole purpose is to get people to pick your shit up. Like, yeah. like Brandon was saying, if people have a, a second and a half to look at your stuff before they move on, oh, pick yeah. it up. Our job is to get you to fucking pick it up. That's it. Your job is to deliver on everything else. That's from the, the customer service. That's from the actual product itself. You can have a really great package and a shit product and people probably won't buy it again. 
Um, mm -hmm. But like, that's the thing that they have that is so cool is that their product's good and they have great marketing and they have this great strategy. It's like, it's a well-rounded thing. So it seems like the packaging almost is secondary, right? Like, yeah, we'll just put it in this thing. And, but it's not, that's the thing, it's not bad. It's not bad packaging. It's nice. It's, it's simple. It's clean. It's great. Um, but it's not like, you know, with Jamie, you were talking about Cho chocolate yeah. and how far that just kind of like, like you killed every single piece of equity you had in that thing. But, uh, yeah, anyway, so dude, I, I'm so happy that we had a chance to catch up Yes. and, and I missed you. We didn't get a chance to talk last week and Andy and I are actually friends. We're not pretending to be friends. Like, you know, <laughs> all those terrible sitcoms you hear about where so-and-so hate each other. They hate but, each other. Well, as yeah. soon as the mic goes off, we just, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even say bye. We just close close yeah, our screen yeah. and walk yeah. away. But, <laughs> so, thank you all for listening so much. I'm Kirk Faisal. I'm the founder and creative director of Mind the Font, and I'm here with my good friend. Andy Kurtz, founder and creative director of Buttermilk Creative. And you just listened to the Kirk and Kurtz Packaging Design Podcast words, and I uh, will see y'all later. See ya. Peace.